slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's podcast brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. That's $10 off if you use the promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. All right, we've got a very busy show for you, a disappointing effort by the New York Islanders in Game 4 with a chance to close out the series. The Islanders came out like gangbusters, took a 2-0 lead, and then watched it evaporate. We will discuss what went wrong and what the Islanders have to do to rebound. Lots of, uh, lots of things to talk about in this one, but uncharacteristic of the Islanders as they really took their foot off the gas and let Washington back into this hockey game. Final score, Capitals 3, Islanders 2. Islanders still lead the series 3-1. to one. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we'll start to look ahead to Thursday's Game 5 in this series, uh, which we shall see if the Islanders can close it out uh, at that time. If you've got something Islanders-related that's on your mind, a comment, a question, a topic you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news concerning the New York Islanders. Okay, so, game four. Islanders looking to close this series out, and it was interesting because usually, you know, everybody says the, the the cliche in hockey is that that last game in a best of seven series, that fourth win, is always the hardest to get, and that's because the team that is facing elimination comes out determined and desperate, and they give an all-out effort in the game to basically, uh, you know, show that they're not dead yet and they still have something left in the tank. They're not going to go away quietly. And surprisingly enough, it was the Islanders, the team that was trying to end the series, that came out in the first, let's say, 11 minutes of this hockey game and played with more desperation than the Washington Capitals. And if you turned this game off after the first 11 minutes, you would probably be very surprised that the Islanders did not hold on to win it. Islanders getting on the board first, a goal by Jean-Gabriel Pajot, his fourth of the postseason, 
Scott Mayfield and Casey Sezikis with the assists. And it's one to nothing Islanders. Islanders came out fast. Their forecheck was aggressive. They were winning the 50-50 battles for loose pucks. Overall, you couldn't have asked for too much more from the New York Islanders than you seem to be getting early on in this game. They had the Washington Capitals back on their heels. I mean, look, the Capitals took a tripping penalty less than a minute into the hockey game. That is always, you know, an indication that, hey, uh, you know, we've kind of got them on the ropes a little bit. And, yeah, the Islanders come out later on and make it a 2 to nothing hockey game. Midway through the period, Matthew Barzal with a nice goal, his third of the playoffs. Nick Letty and Andy Green with the helpers at 9-16, and suddenly it's 2 to nothing Islanders, and the Islanders seem to be in control of the hockey game. Then you get to the 11-minute mark, roughly, of the first period. Islanders had nine shots on goal through the first 11 minutes of the hockey game. They were controlling the tempo. The Capitals were on their heels. It looked like this series was over. And then the Islanders did something that is just not typical for a Barry Trotz coached team. They stopped working. And, you know, you look at the statistics from this game. And I mentioned the Islanders in 11 minutes, first 11 minutes of the game, they had nine shots on goal. So, yeah, everything's looking good. The pressure is good. The four-check aggressive. The defense was crisp. They were physical. They were hitting out there. You know, they were doing all the things you expected the Capitals to do because Washington was desperate. And the Capitals, Todd Reardon, calls his timeout after the Islanders score that second goal. And it turned out to be really effective, unfortunately. Uh, Stop the bleeding. Washington regroups. And within a couple of minutes, you start to feel a change in the tempo of the game. So the Islanders had nine shots on goal in the first 11 minutes of the hockey game. And then they had 17 shots on goal in the final 39 minutes of the hockey game. It just did not work out uh, as planned. Simeon Varlamov was on top of his game in the latter part of the first period. And the only reason that the Islanders were still up 2 to nothing after 20 minutes was because in the last nine minutes or so of that opening period, Varlamov made three or four, maybe five outstanding saves, but the Islanders all of a sudden weren't skating the way they had been earlier in the game. The Islanders weren't checking. Forecheck just disappeared, and all of a sudden the Islanders got sloppy in their own zone. Giveaways, turnovers, and just trouble breaking out efficiently and transitioning from defense to offense and all of a sudden by the end of the period you know the Islanders were way ahead in shots on goal midway through by the end of the period 
it was pretty close to even. It was uh, 13-9 by the end of the period, but at one point, I believe the Islanders were up, uh, you know, 9-2 or 9-3. And for the rest of the game, uh, in the last two periods, Capitals out shooting the Islanders 20-13. So, Isles just not getting it done. It really was one of those situations where the Islanders had the Capitals down on the ground, had their foot on their throats, so to speak and just took the foot off and let him back up and let him back into the hockey game. After one period, 2-0 Islanders, but things got worse from there. We'll keep breaking down this game, discuss what went wrong in the last two periods, and a whole lot more. Remember, Islanders only lost this game by one goal, and yet they really did not play a good game. Lots more to talk about on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, if you're looking for the best-tasting protein bar ever, you've got to try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and now it's new and improved and even deliciouser. They have now 18 amazing flavors. They had 12. We talked about that earlier. Now six new flavors. How about cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, cherry barcia, Caramel Brownie, you can't go wrong with any of these great flavors. The bars are all covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. They're easy to chew. I know when I am going to work out or, you know, need a, a lift, Built Bar is always the way to go. For me, you could lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And Built Bars are great for the keto diet. Try the coconut almond flavor. We'll take a look at that. 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, we have a special offer for Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So, in the second period, Islanders played even more sloppy hockey, and it didn't take long. Evgeny Kuznetsov getting his third goal of the playoffs from John Carlson and Braden Holtby. And look, you know that Holtby got an assist because there was way too much open ice for Carlson and Kuznetsov to skate through. Not much Varlamov could have done about it. And all of a sudden, it's a 2-1 to one hockey game. And then the Islanders' penalty parade continued. And that is where they sort of started to lose things in the early second period. You had Matt Barzal off at 129 for holding. Then Scott Mayfield shot the puck over the glass. There was a 5-on-3. Capitals gave it back. TJ Oshie was off for hooking. Then the Islanders gave it back, a holding penalty against Matthew Barzal. Just sloppy. And after all of that, Alexander Ovechkin comes through on the power play, his third of the series, third of the playoffs. Carlson again with an assist, Kuznetsov with an assist. The game is tied at two for the rest of that second period. Again, the Islanders... Thoroughly outplayed by the Capitals, outshot 15-7, to and again, Varlamov uh, 
keeping them in the hockey game. A lot more penalties also uh, throughout that second period. Uh, and it just it just didn't go well. A late penalty by Pajot, for example, for tripping uh, does not help the Islanders cause much. But again, they were just not playing crisp, efficient hockey. Their passes were off. Their forecheck was non-existent. They couldn't get the puck out of their zone. And it really ended up costing the Islanders significantly. This was the second period by far the worst period of hockey that the Islanders had played probably in the entire playoffs and certainly in this series. And, you know, the good news was that you're through two periods and it's still a 2-2 hockey game. Your goaltender and your, you know, managed to keep you in the game and that is a good thing, but it wasn't enough because you were hoping that the Islanders go into the second intermission, Barry Trotz gives them a pep talk, they regroup a little bit, they come out for that third period knowing that, you know, if they got the next goal, they were that close to eliminating a darn good Washington Capitals team. But that was not to be, and Alex Ovechkin, captain of the Capitals, best player overall in this series, uh, as far as just pure talent goes, gets the game-winning goal just three minutes and 40 seconds into the third period. Only assist going to Dmitry Orlov, yeah, that maybe, you know, wasn't the greatest goal for Varlamov to give up, but there was a little bit of a screen, and the Islanders just showed nothing after that. They, at the very end of the game, maybe two and a half minutes left, there were a few flurries. The Islanders had the only power play opportunity of the third period when Brendan Dillon was called for high-sticking Matthew Barzal at 6.58 but they couldn't get anything done. And the Islanders' power play in the game, 0-4-5. And throughout the entire playoffs, the Islanders have a grand total in eight games of one power play goal. And that is not going to get the job done uh, over the long haul. You are not going on a long playoff run if you cannot sustain some kind of offense on your power play. There were a few chances here and there in the first period. There were one maybe chance in that third period power play, but overall, throughout these playoffs, the power play was terrible. And the Islanders need to find a way to get their power play going or they're going to let the Washington Capitals right back into this series. And that is something they cannot afford to let happen. Uh, just not a lot of bright spots uh, for the majority of this game after that quick start that the Islanders got off to. Yeah, okay. Uh, Brock Nelson winning 11 out of 17 faceoffs. Casey Sezikis, 6 out of 9. Derek Broussard, 5 out of 6. Uh, atypically, Jean-Gabriel Pajot 
uh, losing six out of ten faceoffs. That is not usually his game. Leo Komarov led the Islanders with seven shots, uh, excuse me, seven hits, but he didn't have a great game overall. Just looked uh, a little slow to react in some instances, lost uh, a few one-on-one battles, and, and just wasn't strong. The other thing is the Islanders weren't blocking shots as effectively as they normally do. Adam Pellick, who had a gutsy kind of a game, in 18 minutes, did lead the Islanders with three blocked shots, but overall, just not where they want to be. Jean-Gabriel Pajot led the Islanders in shots on goal with five, but I think, you know, I think they were all in the first period, and after that, it was like a slow fade. So, Barry Trotz definitely has to talk to this hockey team. He has to sit them down and say, guys, we have to do better. And the one thing the Islanders cannot afford is to let the Washington Capitals win another game and start to get some momentum back. Look, the Islanders had four chances to close out this series. They did not succeed in the first. But if they don't succeed in game five, the momentum starts to shift. And that is something the Islanders cannot afford to let happen. Also, uh, Cal Clutterbuck uh, took a hit late in the second period, did not return to the ice for the third, played only eight minutes and 17 seconds. That didn't help the Islanders either. Uh, Clutterbuck will have to check on his status. Stay with us on Twitter and uh, listen to tomorrow's show where hopefully we will have an update on the status of Cal Clutterbuck. Obviously, the Islanders have, you know, several players who could fill in on that fourth line. Ross Johnston comes to mind uh, as someone who could play a similar role to Cal Clutterbuck, but nobody has the experience that Cal Clutterbuck has and the leadership qualities that Cal Clutterbuck has, who the Islanders could could sort of just uh, plug in to that lineup. But overall, just not a particularly pretty game for the Islanders. You know, you have Ross Johnston, Otto Koivula, uh, Tom Kunackle, Michael Dalcole. All of these guys were scratched again and would be available if, you know, Boy, if for some reason Cal Clutterbuck is not able to go, that broke up, you know, for the third period at least, the Islanders' fourth line. And you know what? Uh, Barry Trotz was mixing and matching lines for a good part of the game, even before Clutterbuck was lost in the third period. All right, we have got a lot more to talk about. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, and then we'll start looking ahead to Game 5, coming up on Thursday, time to be announced. Uh, Lots more to talk about still here on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Hi, welcome back. Time for our Islanders birthday of the day. Happy 39th birthday to former Islanders first-round pick Taylor Pyatt, drafted 8th overall by the Islanders in the 1999 NHL entry draft. Pyatt, a big guy, 6'4", 230 pounds, 
scored a lot of goals in the OHL with the Sudbury Wolves, came up and joined the Islanders in the 2000-2001 season. That was his only year on the island, then headed out to uh, Buffalo, then Vancouver, the Coyotes, the Rangers, and finished up his NHL career with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2013-2014, spent the next season in the Swiss League before retiring 859 career NHL games for Tyler uh, Taylor Pyatt, never really panned out to be the power forward that the Islanders expected him to be when he drafted him that high. 120-goal season in his career with Vancouver back in 2006-2007, finished with 140 goals and 280 points uh, in his career. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. It took place at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, November 27th, 2000, Islanders facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Dan Cloutier got the start for Tampa Bay. Wade Flaherty uh, in the nets for the New York Islanders. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Roman Hammerlick scoring his eighth from Brad Isbister and Kenny Janssen. Then Claude Lapointe scores his third from Zdeno Chara and Tim Conley. And then Kevin Haller, his first from Claude Lapointe and Tim Connolly. Islanders up quickly, three to nothing, a little more than 14 minutes into the hockey game. Vincent LeCavalier made it a three to one game at 16.42 with the opening period. Martin St. Louis with the assist, but then with seven seconds left in the opening period, the Islanders took a four to one lead as Dave Scatchard scored Claude Lapointe and Kevin Haller with the helpers. In the second period, a power play goal by Frederick Modine and then a goal by Brad Richards got Tampa Bay back in the hockey game, made it 4-3, to three, but then Taylor Pyatt gets his first NHL career goal. His came just 58 seconds into the third period. Dave Scatchard with the helper, and the Islanders led 5-3. to three. Uh, Martin St. Louis made it a one-goal game, his third from Brian Holzinger and Ryan Johnson, but then goals by Oleg Kavasha from Marius Tchaikovsky and Roman Hammerlick, and then Mark Parrish from Tim Connolly closed out the scoring. Islanders beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in this one 7-4, but a magical day for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Taylor Pyatt. His first career NHL goal, and it was the game winner. Tim Conley with three helpers, Kevin Haller, Roman Hammerlick, Dave Scatchard, each with a goal and an assist in this contest. And as far as shots on goal were concerned, six for Marius Tchaikovsky to lead the Islanders. Wade Flaherty got the win, making 15 saves. He was relieved late by John Van Beesbrook, who uh, stopped three of the four shots he faced, but our Islanders' birthday of the day, uh, Taylor Pyatt getting his first NHL goal November 27th, 2000, uh, Islanders beating the Tampa Bay Lightning 7-4. to four. All right, what are we going to see in Game 5? The Islanders, realistically, what they need to do more than anything is get back to playing Islanders hockey. They did it for about 11 minutes in this game, 
and then they fell off. And Barry Trotz has to burn it into them that they need to sustain their forecheck, they need to be smart in their own zone, and they need to play crisp, smart, solid hockey. The Washington Capitals are a good hockey team, and they are not going to just go away quietly at the end of the day. The Islanders, you know, you look at the shot chart, they still had more chances from the slot area, from the, uh, you know, from in close to the crease than the Capitals did, but Washington just had way too many chances, way too much zone time, and the Islanders just were not on their game. And folks, again, if the Islanders can't get their power play going and get it going soon, they are in trouble, even if they manage to eliminate the Capitals and they have three more chances at most to do it. uh, You go on to the next round against one of those top teams in the conference and, you know, it's just going to get tougher and tougher to win hockey games if you have one power play goal in your first eight games of the postseason. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more as we will have a full preview of what to expect in Game 5, which uh, will be played on Thursday. Again, time to be announced. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL. They'll take you all around the league and get you up to date on everything happening in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Stay safe, everyone. Have a great day. And of course, let's go Islanders.